So what do you do when your toddler just absolutely does not want to eat? Ash, I've got a question. You making dinner, you got your go-tos, but what you enjoy eating may not be the best thing for your kids. So how do you prepare a meal for all ages while still delivering on nutrition? All that and more on this episode of Dad Pod. Hello and yes, welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is Charlie Clawson, Hello. and we are two dads trying to make a podcast. At, <laughs> two dads trying to make a podcast about being dads because <laughs> when we knew we were going to become dads, we went looking for stuff for other dads, and you know how much we found, Charlie? None. 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 SFA, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> is what we found. Yeah. So here we are. How's your week been, Charlie? Uh, it's been okay. I owner uh, had a real day of anti-dad, which was um, confronting, where she told me she didn't love me, and she told me that I wasn't allowed to go near her or mum, yeah. and uh, she stayed, she maintained Whoa. that position for most of the day, which was, you understand that she doesn't really know what she's saying and stuff, but I'm a sensitive soul, and it hurts when someone tells you they don't love you. I spent time with her this morning, and she told me she loved me this morning, so it's like, wow, man, like. In terms of like emotional manipulation, I've been through the ringer this week, but it's been all right. It's been all right. I mean, look, the one thing that I do want to talk about though, and I know we um, have a, a very special guest this week, is to do with mealtimes and to do with food. Because um, yes. one of our great bonding sessions every morning is Iana and I like to make breakfast together. She likes to be my little assistant in the kitchen. As we've mentioned on previous podcasts, I do all the cooking in the house. And so I like to make healthy meals. I've been using Chris Hemsworth's CenterFit app, which has a built-in weekly menu thing. So every meal, three times a day, you know, healthy meals that are delicious and nutritious, all that kind of stuff. So I've been um, happily going along, just, you know, making these meals according to what the app tells me to do. But then this week, as Iona was helping me and we're pouring like protein powder into like our smoothie mix and stuff, I started thinking... I've just been assuming that this is okay for a kid to eat. You've been, hang on, wait, you've been feeding protein powder to a toddler? Yeah, yeah, I just, but not just protein powder, but there's lots of things that I've just been throwing into, like, mixes that, that uh, like, that there's just adult food that I just kind of, because I'm a cooking essentially for adults. Like, that's, you know, it's not like this app is saying this is a kid's meal. I'm just cooking for adults. And then so... I, you know, there's certain obvious things that I'll stay away from, like chili and, and, you know, processed sugars and stuff. But for some reason, I guess because protein powder I've always associated with health or recovery or whatever, I didn't actually stop to yeah. think that, well, maybe this is not good for kids' kidneys. I mean, let me tell you a little story about protein powder, Osh. I once took a, pro a brand of protein powder that over the course of about six weeks, I started getting very sick, very pale, oh. low energy. The doctor thought I might have had like like an iron deficiency, I had to do multiple like blood tests and urine tests. They couldn't find anything wrong. And then finally they realized that this protein powder had creatine in it. And the thing about creatine yes. is that unless you're drinking about six liters of water a day, it just coats your kidneys and stops your body filtering out toxins properly. So I was slowly poisoning myself. So with that fresh in my mind, I was like, oh my God, like it's not a huge amount of protein powder. It's not like, you know, I only does a workout and she chugs down like a full shaker full of protein powder. But you know, like I'll put a tablespoon of protein powder in as per the, the recipe. But then I started thinking about all the stuff I've been making her, like sauces and preservatives and all these kind of things that you'll add, mayonnaise. Like 
are these things that her body is ready to process? I mean, do you, have you come across this kind of dilemma yourself? Uh, no, I generally keep all the the gains food out of Wolfie's mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he doesn't need any more gains. The, He's a big kid. No, he doesn't need creatine monohydrate uh, <laughs> mixed up. Like he sees me make a smoothie in the Vitamix in the morning. He's like, can I have some dad? Like, no, maybe when you're older because there's all kinds of maca and weird stuff in there. And I, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what Karina Savage, a dietitian, has to say on this, Charlie, but I'm going to err on the side of perhaps not feeding a toddler a protein <laughs> powder designed to maximize hormonal response and, and hypertrophy <laughs> is probably a better move. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Well, I wonder, though, if there is something like a substitute, you know, because you do also get like, you know, plant-based organic protein powders, the ones that taste like shit because they have no sugar in them. Like, is there an option around That's that That's what I have well? every day, <laughs> like four times a day. Because my <laughs> big dilemma, Osh, is that... You know, I find cooking, you know, I like doing it. I'm happy to cook for my family, but I don't want to be tailor making meals for every single dietary requirement. I want meals that I can make for all three of us. Now, there's certain things Gemma doesn't eat onion, garlic, gluten. So, you know, that's already off the table. There's, and, and Iona, I obviously have to accommodate. So, how do I tread that line between all three of our dietary requirements without having to make three separate meals? Well, that, that's the dilemma in our house because between Audrey and Georgia, who eat a very similar kind of diet versus Wolfie, and then me, who's a vegan celiac, um, yeah, it's a big fridge. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to, because I'm sure people have all kinds of intolerances and, and stuff like that. And certainly the bigger the family gets, the the, the trickier that list gets. Mm. That's why in my family of, of nine kids, mum just made meatloaf. It was the easiest thing. Just whack together some breadcrumbs, onion and minced meat. Bang, eat it. <laughs> Yep, that's what's for dinner, and it's what's for dinner tomorrow, yeah. and lunch. <laughs> and guess what's happening after that? Spag bowl, and then we repeat. It's exactly. what's going to go on. Well, I'm happy to hear that at least Iona's into eating this food and that she's on the way to a WBFF <laughs> uh, you know, title for the under fives of the Northern Rivers. That's pretty cool. Wolf, on the other hand, is just getting food into his mouth is the real trick. He's right. in refusal mode, just total refusal mode. Uh, asking him what he wants for breakfast in a way of like trying to help him have some agency over it. He'll then go, yeah, okay, like it's not a daycare day, so we're going to have peanut butter today because best practice, I had to learn this, best practice, don't give the kid peanut butter on the day they go to daycare. Peanut butter day, okay, great, let's do it. Toast, toast, great, 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 sit down, get him to the chair. No, picks up the plate, pegs it across the table. Wow. Like he's starting to do that kind of stuff and then only wants yogurt, just yogurt. And even then, there's a lot of yogurt on the walls. And dinner's the worst, I think, Charlie, because this is a, certainly if he's cooked after a day at daycare of just mental stimulation and physical stimulation and he might have missed a nap at daycare and he's just in another twilight zone of operation. Mm. But the crossing point, the nexus of tired and hungry, it's just really difficult to get the calories into him because then if he goes to bed hungry then at 1am he's awake going, dude, I'm hungry. So I'm a bit I'm a bit lost about what to do there. It's this kind of self-fulfilling loop that then he doesn't get enough sleep and then, you know, because he's hungry and you know, but then he doesn't want to eat. And so I, yeah. I hope Karina can help us out with this. I mean, Gemma and I, we get into the trap of, um, and I think I've spoken about this on the show before, of like we do all kinds of like mental gymnastics and 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 mind games, you know. Obviously, the choo choo train. Here comes the aeroplane. Here comes the rocket ship. You know, make it a game. But then the worst one is good cop, bad cop. Oh yeah. Where you know, Jem says 
if you don't eat this, daddy's going to eat it. And then like she freaks out. But now like it's come to the point where even unprompted, even when she's eating fine, she'll look at me and be like, daddy, don't eat this. Like she's got this, like I'm a great white (sighs) shark just like constantly, which to be honest, if toast goes unattended for more than say 15 minutes, I probably will eat it. But I don't want to be known as the guy, like, you know, the loose cannon, the Martin Riggs of our house will just go crazy and eat a kid's breakfast if they don't eat. Yeah, and at the age of three, she'll say, Dad, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> you can always email us, askdadpod at gmail.com. It's always great to hear from you. Jake, a longtime listener to the show, has written, I've got a challenge, which you guys might be able to give me some advice on. I've just been awarded a new job. Congratulations. Good job, Jake. I have always worked away, but last two years I've been fortunate to be desk-based and home almost every night. That's, you know, understandable last two years. I feel my wife and kids might be used to this by now, and I know you guys would be away from the family due to your busy work schedules. Any tips on what helps you connect with the family when you're away or make the most of when you're at home? Hmm. Yeah, this is the conundrum, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah. I mean, we can both uh, relate to this, but from different perspectives, often you are the one who's away. But in my family, often it is my wife who's the one who's away. Let me just say FaceTime, brilliant. It's a really good way to keep Iona connected with her mum. But what we try and do is sort of assign it to like a morning FaceTime chat and a pre-bed FaceTime chat, just so... It takes away the anxiety of mum, 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 mum. She knows she's going to see her in the morning. She knows she's going to have a chat and a catch up and she knows she's going to see her in the evening and she's going to have a catch up. And around that kind of FaceTime chat, I tend to just leave the room. I set up the iPad or the phone, you know, where it's nice and stable and I just let Iona and mum find their way through the conversation. I don't know how old your kid is or how old your kids are. But for a toddler where, you know, it's not a lot of kind of verbose conversation, a lot of the times it's just sort of teasing information out of Iona. And after a while, she tends to sort of like get bored. Like, you know, she ends the conversation or she starts to wind up the conversation. The other thing is to discuss it pre and post. Um, When kids have intense emotions, obviously in the midst of that intense emotion, you just let them go. But then afterwards, it's really important to discuss what they were going through and and maybe why they were going through it. And, you know, we always give Iona plenty of warning about when mum's going to go away. It's not a shock to her. And then if she does have, because there have been instances where Iona has come into the bedroom in the morning and mum's not there and she'll get upset. And so I have to accommodate that give it plenty of space. Like, it's not like, hey, get over it, kid. We've got to have breakfast. I've got to get you to daycare, dry your tears. No, no, no. I'm aware that this is a potential that I'm going to have to be a slower start to the morning and we're going to need to sort of talk this through perhaps, get mum on the phone, all that kind of stuff. So that would be my advice. Osh? I have, I spent my son's first birthday away. I was in uh, in lockdown. I was caught by the spicy cough. I didn't get it, but I was uh, I was locked away and, um, yeah, I had a, a FaceTime call with uh, with a first birthday party that was going on without me. Mm. Jake, I, I, I totally understand. Like having been on the other side of that, I, I often like when Wolfie was quite little, I was in, in Fiji for five weeks shooting a show and FaceTime every night was fantastic, usually around dinner mm. when he's a bit of a captive audience. And then 
like about an hour and a half later when it was, you know, bedtime after the bath or sometimes they'd, they'd chime in from the bath and it became a part of the afternoon and, and, and his evening routine to speak to me then and it, it incredibly convenient and amazing. I don't know how people did oh. this before the ability to, like, I mean, besides parking a satellite truck in your front yard uh, at both houses and then paying for the uplink, I don't know how people could have done this, but on the phone, it would have been really, really, really hard. And I'm just so grateful. I remember being a kid and my mum and dad going away and it was really, really upsetting because they just go, like they're just gone. I mean, you don't, yeah. we didn't even really speak yeah. on the phone or anything. I just remember my mum and dad were there, you know, one day and then for two weeks they were gone and it was just like older brothers and sisters and family friends looking after me and it was incredibly upsetting <laughs> and they meanwhile <laughs> yeah living yeah, it up meanwhile they're stretching out on hamilton island going fuck yes yeah, thank god how good is this <laughs> but the other thing that jake talks about is and I've, I've got my perspective i'd love to hear what happens with you is how to make the most and connect when you're at home because i know the pressure that i have as the one who goes away is not only connect with the kids but a, connect with my wife, but then also give her a break because she's been flat stick. Mm. And sometimes there's not a lot of time to do all of that. How does Gemma play it? Well, the first thing you can do is offer to do bedtime. <laughs> I think that is after multiple days, weeks in a row of having to do bath and bedtime routine. If you can just come in and maybe for a few days in a row, just take over all that stuff. I think that is the best response. And you'll probably want to do it anyway. You'll want to maximize that time with the kid. But it's also, you, you wanna, you'll want to know about what the kid's been doing and, and what you've missed out and all that kind of stuff. But don't forget to check in about how your partner's been doing, what they've been up to. I mean, obviously, the majority of their time has been spent raising the child, but there's got to be other stuff you can talk about as well. Because sometimes when you are the primary caregiver, you can lose your identity a bit and you can feel like that is your only function. And yeah. you can't help but get a bit jealous when you, you know, check in with your partner and you see, even though they're at work, they can go get a coffee if they want. They can go to the gym when they want, you know, they're at a bar, like all these kind of things that you haven't done since your child was born. So you just need to be a bit sensitive to that when you come back. Like, I don't want to, you know, Gemma to come back and show me all these great photos of these amazing nights she had out or these long lunches and stuff like that. Just be a bit sensitive to the fact that some person has had their life kind of compressed while your life has expanded. <laughs> And I would absolutely concur with that. And I'm very lucky in that the job that I have, there's sometimes wonderful locations and exotic places and interesting people and, and wild things that go on. Try not to be a fountain of, oh, my God, and then you couldn't believe it when the helicopter did this thing and under the jet ski? Like, no. She's been up to her elbows in a kid that doesn't want to eat and an eldest who, you know, is trying to navigate turning 18 and, yes, exactly what Charlie said, get on that dinner bath bed. And you know what? To be honest, Jake, put your fucking phone away. Mm. If, you can, if you're only home for two days, put that shit away. Turn it on airplane mode. Turn it off. There's time to check all that when you get back on the plane or back in the car or go away. Just be there. Be there as much as you can. Just be there and, and do all the stuff that, that your partner's been, been doing the heavy lifting on. And, 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 you know, understand that it won't be like that forever. Yeah, and maybe even plan a day with you and the kids you know, take the kids out for a day and give mm. your partner a day off. Like if she wants to go to, you know, get a treatment done or catch up with her friends or whatever, just like give her an entire day off, not just bedtime and, and meal times. like just give her a full day off. 
Without without a shadow of a doubt. You know what, Jake, we've actually got uh, Karina Savage on the show today. She's a, a pediatric dietitian and we've got some things to ask her, but <laughs> I'm going I'm to ask her how you might be able to support uh, your partner when you're away around, around food as well. So we'll get to Karina right after this. Charlie, I'm so grateful we have our guest today joining us because we certainly have a lot of questions for her. Karina Savage is a mum of two. She's the founder of smartbite.com.au with a simple mission, happy tummies, happy kids, happy families. She's got two degrees, a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics and a Bachelor of Appliance Science in Exercise and Sports Science. So I think she's the perfect person to ask about the question you had yeah. earlier in the day. Uh, <laughs> Karina, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Boy, do we have some questions for you today. <laughs> yeah, Karina, um, Osha's accused me of, of, of potentially poisoning my daughter, so let's just get straight to no, it. No, not at all. <laughs> I like to make breakfast with my daughter in the morning. It's our little bonding ritual, and I've been following this fitness app, you know, all these great recipes, making like healthy smoothies and stuff, and I didn't even think the other day, but I put protein powder in this smoothie <laughs> to give to my daughter, and it was like a plant-based organic protein powder, you know, one of the healthy ones. but. I didn't even think that maybe this is not appropriate for a toddler to be consuming. Have I done something terrible? Oh, no, look, you haven't poisoned her. It's completely fine to add in a bit of plant protein. Having said that, they don't need it. As part of a healthy balanced diet, they can just eat whole foods. They don't have to have extra added plant protein. But if it's part of your regular smoothie and she has a bit of it, then that's absolutely fine as well. Phew. And what about creatine monohydrate? Uh... <laughs> if you're talking about a protein supplement with all of these added extra amino acids and all sorts of bits and pieces, then uh, no. <laughs> No, no, no. If it was just like a pea protein, then perhaps, but yeah, not all the other stuff. <laughs> okay. What about HGH? Is that, uh, are we getting into like strange territory there? <laughs> yeah, maybe next week. Maybe not this week. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that, Charlie, because I was convinced, that, uh, because Wolfie asked me, I'll make a smoothie in the morning, Karina, and I do throw a bit of protein powder in my smoothie and Wolfie's always asking me for some and I say, when you're bigger, you'll be able to have some. So I, at the start of this episode, was on my high horse that I am far better father than Charlie, but apparently he's okay. So, Well, Karina, I guess I guess my, my question in a, in a broader sense is because I do all the cooking in my house and, you know, prior to Iona coming along, it was just my wife and I, and I tend to make just food for all of us. And, and, and this thing about the protein powder got me thinking about all the other meals I make. And I like to cook healthy uh, sort of farm to table type meals, a lot of kind of, you know, just fresh vegetables and proteins and things like that. But there are elements like sauces and additives and stuff. I mean, obviously things like chili and processed sugar are obvious ones, but are there things that I should be keeping an eye out when cooking for my daughter? Yeah, that's a great question. Certainly we want to avoid adding salt to our diets as much as possible. So I would I'd keep the salt out in little ones under 12 months. And I don't think this necessarily applies now, but we don't want to give them honey. But certainly when we're cooking for, for toddlers, we want to make sure that we're adding plenty of flavour without the, the nasty. So we want to add plenty of herbs and spices. And if you look at what's quite well accepted um, baby food and what our kids like to eat as baby food, it's it's quite flavoursome. And so they do add, um, if you, you know, if you buy the, the shop stuff that they like sometimes, it's, it's flavoured with herbs and spices because 
children love eating tasty food and often we think we've got to keep it simple, but mm. we, we want to add herbs and spices and, and they add a lot of antioxidants and nutrition as well. So, yeah, we want to keep the sugar out and the salt out, but flavouring our food with herbs, spices, and I'm a massive fan of good quality Australian extra virgin olive oil. It's plenty of nutrition, so I'm always a big fan of putting good dollop of that into everything with fresh herbs, dried herbs, spices. I mean, obviously you don't want to add a whole lot of chili and blow them out, but um, certainly flavouring food will often increase acceptance of food. So, yeah, that's a, it's a good way to get them eating their veggies. And I'm, well, I'm grateful you mentioned that word acceptance because at the moment we are in the opposite end of that, Karina Wolf. <laughs> He's just in refusal town on hard days. Breakfast is a tough one, but we kind of know that we've got two more chances before he goes down for a nap. But when he's like super like cognitively cooked after a day of daycare, just like constant stimulation, running around, and he's A, tired, B, hungry, Mm. but C, just like his no button is just he can't even understand what it is to say yes to something. Yeah. What's A, a way to deal with that situation or B, we don't want to send him to bed without eating too much because then he'll just send him wakes up hungry. Mm. What's like a high caloric value, high appeal, yet not horrible thing that we can kind of go to just to get something into him? Yeah, look, I could talk about that question for probably about two days. So <laughs> Well, we're going to have you on the show again and again and again. So I'm sure dealing with refusal is something we'll come to a lot. Yeah, so you are entering into prime peak fussy eating age where they have a say in what they want to eat and you know we have to respect that to a certain degree we also have to remember that their tummies are little and they have probably five to six opportunities to eat every day and they have a really innate ability to self-regulate their appetite and listen to their bodies far better than we do as adults and they really eat to what they need and so especially if they're child care and they have you know two or three remember when my son went he'd have sometimes two or three ticks next to lunch and if they fill up the front part of the day then we can't expect them to eat a huge amount at the back end of the day or vice versa but Sometimes we, our expectations of what they, in terms of the variety or the volume of what they should be eating is up here, but they're actually here in terms of their either readiness to try new food or how hungry they are. I mean, they may need to do a poo, they may be tired by the end of the day. So I think looking at the bigger picture, looking at a nutritionally balanced week rather than a nutritionally balanced day, so to speak, and I guess kind of look at what he may have already eaten that day and try to sort of balance it out a little bit. But I wouldn't get too stressed if he didn't want one particular meal because he's got plenty of opportunities to eat throughout the day. And snacks can contribute up to 50% of their nutrition. So Mm. if he wasn't hungry and he had a whole lot to eat that day, you might just give him some raw veggies and a bit of spiral pasta and a tiny bit of meat that you might be eating or it might just be a simple, you know, egg sandwich or it might, you know, something small, something that's not too overwhelming for him because um, I think it's something to be mindful of that they do have all of these opportunities to eat and they, they are pretty good listening to their appetite. As long as they're growing well, um, yeah, often we're expecting them to eat when they don't necessarily want to eat much. Right. Uh, on the subject of eating habits, Karina, like uh, one thing I've noticed with Iona and my wife and I have been work, trying to work out is this something that we should be like okay with or should be changing her eating habits is she feels like she's a real grazer. So, I mean, obviously she, like yeah. you say, there's the five to six snacks, but then when we sort of sit down to have a main meal, like a lunch or a, or a dinner, she tends to sort of like 
eat around the edges, but if you leave the meal out for long enough, she'll get through the majority of it. She just doesn't eat in one go. She kind of like likes to have a chat. Maybe she'll take a break from the table and she'll come back. Is that something that is okay? Or should we be sort of like maybe steering her more towards, no, no, we're sitting now, we consume the food, then you can go play afterwards? Preferably, yes. And right. preferably you have a break in between main meals and snacks. So they kind of have a good couple of hours in between um, meals and snacks. And it's like right now, I mean, it's time to sit down sweet and you, you know, you have really good quality family engagement and it's really ideal if the child can eat with at least one parent. Um, for that parental role, modeling is crucial and certainly helps in terms of expanding their intake long-term plants, so seeds when they see their, especially fathers, have even more of an uh, influence over the child's eating behaviours long-term. Their role modeling is really powerful. So I think oh, yeah. eating with her saying, this is time to eat, and then um, I thought you might like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> this is time to eat and then later we can go and play and I would probably give her a good I think we usually say cap it at maximum 30 minutes but some kids don't even last seven minutes at the table so yeah. I would certainly say this is the time to eat and make it fun you know um, you can do like a pop quiz or you know what's the two animals starting with the letter d or give me a you know a yellow animal or something like that so you kind of just have that fun kind of engagement whilst she's also eating but once she leaves the table then that's she's moved on to the next stage and then after that if she still wants to eat really we should say well, no now let's just wait till the, the next meal okay. or snack if you're still eating okay. at the table and she wants to come back for one go then you know obviously we can say this is best practice and then then obviously what happens in real life because I mean I've got kids and fussy eaters as well so but ideally the, the plan is you know we eat we finish and then later you can have some dessert or supper or whatever, um, independent of how much you eat at dinner, I should say. But okay. let's have a good go at dinner and then it's done and then we move on. We had a, a question Jake emailed in. Jake, uh, like many people, has been working from home for the last two years, so he's been able to support his his wife and their and young kids. Jake's a long-time listener to the show. But now work is starting to take him out of the house and away from the house for days at a time. Yeah. He, he was wondering, what's a way that he can continue to support his partner around food uh, when he's not around? That's a great question. One way he can continue to support his partner, he can come up with ideas for what to feed right. the family because, you know, I'm a pediatric dietitian. I've been doing this for 20 years and I still get to, you know, this time of day and I'm like, oh, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? <laughs> so just, you know, and on my website I've got a two-week menu plan which people can buy and I think on Instagram I try to, you know, put up 10 dinner ideas because I think we all just need that ongoing kind of, ideas for whether it's lunch boxes or dinners or snacks so perhaps while she's on the ground you know managing day-to-day life with the kids he could come up with a, a two-week menu plan for her or something like that or some recipes that she might like to try I think that's probably a nice way that he could support her because all of that stuff takes time and headspace and as parents you you just need to try and clear a bit of headspace and food and nutrition and feeding your child and worrying about you know, whether your child's iron deficient or all of that takes up so much headspace. So, yeah, I think that's probably a nice way he could help her. I guess he could take that one step further and also like populate the cart on a grocery delivery 
it's like it's all there. You just hit go and, yeah. you know, and that way I don't know exactly what you're saying. Anything to decrease the mental load while you're not around and, yeah. and she's solo is I, I know that, that that would go a long, long way. He's a keeper. <laughs> it's just an idea. It's not that I do it. <laughs> so great to speak to you. We're really, really grateful uh, that you could be on the show, and um, we'll, we'll hit you up for um, our sports science questions about how men approaching fifty can just put muscle bulk on. You know, because it's a show about children yeah. and their dads. Uh, Karina Savage. Uh, if you want to find out about that meal planner she was talking about, uh, smartbite.com.au. She's also on Instagram. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Karina. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, Osh, I learned something today. Uh, A, I haven't poisoned my daughter by giving her protein powder. She doesn't need the protein powder (laughs) if I'm going to give to it, maybe a plant-based protein, like a pea protein, but that's fine. But the important thing is I can continue cooking for all three of us. Uh, I don't have to uh, avoid flavours. In fact, kids love flavours. Just maybe stay away from things like jalapeno chilies and uh, Mexican death chilies and things like that. Minimise salt, (laughs) processed sugar, and maybe... Don't uh, get onto the HGH and the creatine just yet. Maybe save that for when she's a little bit older. <laughs> Perhaps, but I'm, I'm very grateful that you were doing the right thing there because I was a bit concerned <laughs> that we were going to get in trouble from the teacher there. Uh, the other thing that I, I learned today is that just to remember that they've got little tummies mm. and they are way better than adults at regulating how much they need to eat. So if they're refusing food, they're probably full, particularly if he's been at daycare and has had a, a, a massive feeds across the day. Uh, and they're, they're very, very good at regulating what they do and don't want to eat. And just trust in that, even yeah. though either my Lithuanian and Czech grandmother are both screaming at me from, you know, the grave going, what are you doing? Not feeding the job, you know. <sighs> you need to <sighs> eat. Just be with that. Be yeah. with it. It's okay for him to leave the table. You need to eat. You need to eat. Be with that. It's okay for him to leave the table without eating everything on his plate and he won't starve himself. Cat meal times to half an hour. Like give him a window, a window in which he can eat. If he doesn't want to eat, well, maybe he's full. Maybe he's full. If you do want to get in touch with us, it's always great to hear from you. Ask dadpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, dadpodgram is where you are. Find us, follow us, rate us, subscribe us wherever you can. Please send this episode to someone that you know who is perhaps having a hard time with their kid refusing food. doesn't matter if they're a dad or not. This, what Karina was telling us, is probably of high value to a lot of other people than, than just dads. So please, share the show around. It'll be unreal. And um, we'll, we'll see you next time. And until we do... Don't touch that.